It's January 30th, or 31st, 2023, and welcome to episode 75 of the Baby Metal Podcast. We gather in the podcast Discord server now and again to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future projects of Baby Metal. We invite you to join us, whether you're a longtime fan or have only just arrived. I am Paul, and I am joined by Kevin in Japan. Hello, welcome back, everybody. And Maggie, not in Japan. <laughs> I am also not in Japan. You kind of buzzkilled my my intro only because I was going to do a, a Carmen San Diego bit, but oh well. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> we can we can do it again. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Awesome. Excellent. But uh, so the reason we're here. Uh, kind of now specifically uh, is that we have just gotten through Baby Metal Returns, the other one concert, um, and Kevin was there, and Kevin is going to tell us about it. Yeah, I uh, will attempt. I will do my best. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll start with that, and many things to discuss after that. Mm-hmm. But uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm in Japan. I've been in Japan since uh, early last week, as we record uh, for the other one. The other other one the two concerts uh, the end of january here uh were the first time they've had a pit since uh before covid since legend metal galaxy uh first time fans have been able to do things like mosh um and first time fans have been able to and encouraged to cheer through a mask for the first time this is exciting that was a very late addition too i mean like just like a day before the concert or something no, it was the day the, of yeah, oh, was so it? The, okay, so it was the day of. So Koba tweeted the day before saying that this could happen. They they could the government could make that change. And then the morning of the show, he tweeted again. Um and the rules were updated uh, both on the website and inside saying that we were allowed to cheer. Mhm. Pretty exciting. Which was super cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I guess I guess I'll go I'm going to start before um everything goes out there so if, if you've never if you've never been to a show in japan um it works a little bit differently um and i'm, I'm wagering many of you out here listening have not um if you have seen a show somewhere else in the world uh, here's how it's a little different uh you might be used to showing up really early or whenever you'd like to line to get in to get a good spot either on the barrier or, or close or you know get your favorite spot to watch um that's not something you do here uh, so our day starts uh, by getting up and actually getting in line to buy merch, if you want to buy merch, mm-hmm. um, you don't actually need to line up to go into the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's you know the first first order of business was that getting up nice and early, um, going and getting in the merch line, saying hello to everybody. Um, the people who had the super mosh or Jomash tickets get to go through and buy their merch first, um, and then uh, about an hour and a half after they start, they start moving the uh, the general admission line through the merch queue. Um, and you're able to buy everything you want, assuming it hasn't sold out. Um, I was very lucky. I, uh, a friend of mine who was a super mosh ticket holder, um, went through the line again after getting their stuff and bought my things for me. So I was able to get a couple of things that had sold out, uh, by the time, uh, some of my friends had gotten through in the general admission line. It sounded like stuff sold out pretty, pretty readily. I mean, like early, like there was, there was not much left, but no, not really. (laughs) uh, By the time the general admission people got there, right? Yeah. That's the thing. The, um, super, super mosh people can actually go through multiple times to get, Mm -hmm. you know, 
you, you can go through the line multiple times. You can just only buy at the time of purchase one th- one item, one of whatever items you're getting, if, right. if that makes sense. One per customer. One per customer per item, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so actually right when uh, my friend was going through to buy, um, I wanted to get the, the was it inverted mirror shirt, mm-hmm. like a Gami shirt, uh, T-shirt. Um, and my sizes were trickling down. I usually get a double XL uh, in Japanese sizes because uh, it'll shrink a little bit. Um, that sold out uh, as my friend was getting to the front, and then XL sold sold out. So I had to kind of pivot. So I ended up not getting that shirt, and I only got the uh, the long sleeve shirt. I wasn't interested in any of the other shirts. Um, hmm. So those two sizes sold out pretty quickly. Then it seemed like everything stabilized for a little bit. Um, the next thing I saw sell out were long sleeve shirts, uh, followed by, uh, I'm going to struggle to remember because I had already left at this point. Um, I think some of the smaller items, oh, the, uh, the wristbands sold out not long after the, um, the sizes in the inverted mirror reflection shirt, like a Gami shirt. Hmm. Um, so those seem to be the hot ticket items. Um, after that, I'm not too sure. Um, maybe check Twitter because once I had my stuff. Yeah, it was it was off to the races doing other things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the battery charger um, went pretty quickly. I think that was another hot one. And the tents, oh, they lasted forever. <laughs> yes. I did not see a single person walk out of that area with a piece of Coleman gear. <laughs> I am not surprised by that. Albeit, though, if I had the option, I would have bought one just to not have shipping, but then you'd have to purchase the extra room for the, <laughs> the airplane. It's like, is it worth it still? <laughs> Yeah, um, but though I will say they had it all set up in the little like viewing area. There's a there was a viewing area off to the side where you could see all of the items you could buy up close. Next to that was another little setup area where they had all of the Coleman stuff set up like a little campsite, like you would find in like maybe an outdoor goods store. Um, and I gotta say, it actually looked pretty cool. If I were in the market for something like that, I would actually consider it. Once you're done with merch, you're you're kind of free for the day. Um, Supermashka started purchasing their things, I think, at uh, 10 a.m. local time. Uh, regular people started to go through at 12 p.m. local time. Uh, and the concert didn't start until 6 p.m., uh, doors being at 4 p.m. Um, so you have a bunch of time there, once you've got your things, to do whatever you want. Go back, rest, uh, put your stuff away, put the things you bought away in your hotel room or in a locker or in your backpack, whatever you'd like to do, which is really nice. Uh, what many of us do, though, is we go back inside. Um, fortunately, this venue, Makaram SA, is a large event center with a huge indoor area um, that kind of runs runs parallel to the main event halls um, where the concerts are, where other events are, things like that. Um, so a lot of us, we go inside, um, and that's when it's it's fun, you know, seeing people we haven't seen in three years. Um, meeting new people, um, you know, a big part of coming to shows here is many, many fans make, I don't know, I guess what I call fan merchandise. They make, they make trinkets and they make gifts for people to give away and trade and things like that. Um, and you see everything from you know, stickers to coasters, handbags, um, a lot of incredible artists make postcard sized prints and hand out um, prints and all kinds of styles. Um, there's lots of can badges. There's lots of keychains. Um, a few people actually go so far as to make things out of metal, like coins. Um, 
I saw I saw what looked like a pog slammer. If you remember those, <laughs> um, I didn't I didn't manage to get one of those, but I saw it in a photo somebody posted on Twitter. Um, so all kinds of cool stuff. Um, I made a, a holographic sticker based on uh, the Disney ride Star Tours, uh, which I was pretty proud of. Um, and then I used uh, uh, Midjourney AI for the art mm-hmm. in the middle of it. There's actually been times where people have given out uh, candies with custom covers and stuff on it too. That's baby metal based, and they'll have like their Twitter Twitter handles and stuff on it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots lots of food goes around. Lots of people make little snack packs um, or get uh, um, you know like bags of cookies and things like that to give away. Um, and it's it's definitely not one of those things where you're you're obligated to do so. Um, you know, people are just appreciative, and I I like to reciprocate, which is why I make something and make a make a make it a point to bring something when I come and do this because um, I do feel kind of bad taking things from other people, especially if it's, you know, some incredible piece of artwork um, mm-hmm. and not having anything to reciprocate with. Um, so, yeah, we do that before the shows um, and then kind of go back to the hotel and put all that stuff away, kind of slim down, get rid of the big winter coat because it is pretty cold out here um, and kind of get into concert mode. That's the other big difference between coming to a show here versus anywhere else in the world. When you get your ticket, it has a number on it and a letter. The letter corresponds to, if you're in a pit, which pit you're in, they're all assigned a letter. Um, in this case, I think it was A through H. Um, a, B, C, and D were the super mosh pits, the closest pits. Um, and then everything else was out in the middle of nowhere. Um, so you get your <laughs> block letter and the number on your ticket. And then there's a staging area in an adjacent event hall where they're going through those numbers um, usually 50 to 100 at a time. And when your number is um, up or you're greater than that number, you can then go in. Um, so there's no need to get here 16 hours early to get Barry or, or anything like that. You can show up, you know, whenever you'd like, as long as your number is being called um, or has already been called. And then you can just go right in, which is something i wish we would bring to america <laughs> yeah <laughs> or anywhere else yeah. for that matter tell me uh, about it, makes it. <laughs> today so much more fun yes um it, it really enables this sense of community that i think we've all experienced in this fandom um at a level that i that is really only able to be experienced you know here you know thousands of people mingling mm-hmm. outside this event center exchanging gifts saying hello um meeting new people things like that it's it's pretty a uh, unique experience yeah, no, I, yeah, because I was, I was lucky enough to go to Legend of Metal Galaxy with Kevin. Actually, that, no, we met at Legend M. That's right. One Legend yes. Metal Galaxy. But we were both there at Metal Galaxy, though. But, mm. it, which was actually at the same places as what this concert mm. was, albeit it was in a different hall. And I believe they actually had it uh, spaced out over two halls, didn't they, um, for this show? It looked like it was. I think it was hall two and three, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the same size. It was two event halls, um, but they ended up using three, one for the staging area for the numbers and bag check, and then two for the actual concert venue. Okay. Um, but yeah, it it's it is uh, <laughs> it is definitely really, really it's really cool to to go and experience that and like 
people that you've seen through Twitter and talked to twi through Twitter or wherever, Facebook it may have been, and then you go in and you're meeting these people in person is like so it's so cool <laughs> and it's like you're meeting them halfway around the world and it's just it's just a fantastic feeling yeah putting name to faces is pretty fun yeah it is pretty <laughs> cool um and then not even just in japan but you know everybody else coming in from like europe and south america and southeast asia it's just it's just so neat. It's it's really, really cool. Um, but yeah, having the numbered system does really make it easy uh, to relax, essentially. Yes. Now, of course, <laughs> it, it does kind of, you know, you don't really have a necessary choice in the matter as to where you are unless you're quote unquote super mosh or, you know, general admission or seats or whatever. Um you know, if you're super mosh and you're going to be up close and, you know, you get a decent view, whereas mosh is kind of like hit or miss depending on what facility you're in. Um, I know for the f second night of Metal Galaxy, I I was just slightly over to the right of a pole. So I couldn't see the entire <laughs> stage when Sue was coming up, like up the front on the on the platform but when everybody was towards the back i could see everybody so it, you know it, it's hit or miss whenever uh depending on where you're where you're at but it's the matter of just being in the moment and being around people and stuff but that's just my input <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess if you're you know if if like in the uh the system that i'm familiar with with like the u.s shows uh, there is at least something you can do. You can you can get there at like you know seven in the morning or something like that, and you know yes. in reward the reward for your effort is that you get close. Um, yes. Whereas like at the Japan shows, you basically know like I am not going to be close ahead of time. <laughs> yes. and you don't even That's need to bother true. with it. <laughs> you you kind of just accept it and move on and just be happy that you're there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I I prefer not having the stress of that. Like I I mm -hmm. do love being close and experiencing the small venue shows. Those are truly special. Mm -hmm. But there's something to be said for I don't know. I guess being at a hundred percent physically going into a concert yeah. as opposed to having been outside for double digit hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> in the in the in the elements, you know. Right. Like here, I guess it was cold. Um, I'm thinking of the forum where it was like unbearably hot, you mm -hmm. know? <laughs> yes. But, yeah, it was pretty warm that day. <laughs> yes. But it is, I mean, like one thing that is very cool about the community, you know, is just that even for people you haven't met on Twitter, you know, you're already, you're already kind of, they're friends you haven't met yet, but yes. like you're mm -hmm. automatically, you automatically have this baseline of stuff that you yeah. both know you know you both know you both like right mm -hmm. yeah so and and you know and it's pretty cool i think the uh the japanese fans are really you know appreciative um and they kind of acknowledge the the effort being made by any foreigners to come to these shows because you know they understand that it's you know it's a, a burden both financially and physically to come for some people you know halfway around the world um you know people are traveling up to 20 hours on an airplane to be here in some cases, um, you know, and, and I think they really appreciate that. So they're usually pretty welcoming, you know, they'll come up the more confident ones will, you know, will come up if they have something to give you and give you something and say, thank you for coming and um, that kind of thing. So it, it is just like Paul mentioned, you know, a, a pretty great community with a, a, a common shared interest that brings everybody together, mm -hmm. which is really pretty special. We say we talk about the events. 
Right. Yeah. Cause we, I, you know, I think, um, nobody had any idea really what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we can talk about the, the actual show. Let's get into the actual concerts. So my experience was pretty incredible just right off the bat and viewer discretion advised for the rest of this. I, I don't know how well I'll be able to censor my language. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I can um, do it in post. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, so there was definitely a sense of anticipation I hadn't really felt before. There's maybe at least at this level waiting for the show to start. So I mentioned the, um, you know, the numbers and waiting to go in and things like that. So that's all a really smooth process, you know, and then depending on when you go in, you know, you could be standing inside for up to, you know, two hours or so waiting for the show to start. Um, so, you know, I go through, I, foreigners when you're into the foreign lottery you're you can expect to be out in the middle of nowhere in another county <laughs> to watch these <laughs> things and not have a great number um that's unfortunately the reality of coming to a show here um fortunately every show to i've been to here they've done a great job of covering it with a video screen so even though you might not be super close to the stage um you'll likely have you know a 60 foot screen near you um, that you can look at to see what exactly is going on if you don't have a great view. Um, so number gets called. Walk in, get my ticket scanned, uh, go around the corner. You're handed your savior mask, which is the same style of mask they handed out at uh, a 10 Baby Metal Budokan. Um, however, instead of just being gold with the logo, this one was you know black and dark gray with a very faint, image of the logo and then on top of that it said you know the other one letters stacked on top of each other i don't have a picture of mine i'm sure you can find them out there or somebody else can link it in the chat here if you want to see what that looks like um you're given that and you're required to wear that but for the whole concert so we put those on and we shuffled to our block i was in g block both my uh, both nights um, which was kind of offset to the right off the middle the stage this time was actually uh, two stages, one on either side of the event center. I'll describe them here in a minute. I want to set the stage first. Um, two stages connected by a bridge running the entire length of the two event halls, uh, kind of dividing the room in half. Um, so then if you can picture it top down, you had stage on the left, stage on the right, and then large squares. Um, I think there were eight a through h is that eight i think that's eight yes <laughs> it is so four four on either side of that bridge that connects the two stages um the pit i was in was if you're looking top down all the way in the back right of that configuration uh, so mm -hmm. we walk in we get i get to my block and i start looking around um and immediately to my left one of the stages is this huge, ornate, I, I didn't know it at the time, set of doors. Um, it reminded me a lot of Legend S. It, they, they built a physical set for the first time, I think, since Legend S. And I snuck a picture of it that I just put in chat um, so that you can see it. It looks like big stone with fox heads on it. Yeah. That, that's, thank you, Paul. That's, that's exactly what it looks like. Um, those two big stone looking door panel things with fox heads on them were then flanked by, I'm pretty sure it was just cloth 
uh, some sort of draped cloth of the same color and lit the same way so it looked bigger than it was um the only physical part i think was actually the doors um mm. i did not i didn't actually take a picture of the other side uh, but i'll describe it on the other side so my right side of the venue um was uh two platforms connected by stairs um they were large half circles so the first level was the same level as the bridge that connects the two stages um, then there was a couple of steps up to a second tier um, that second tier is where the commie band was they were going to be on that middle tier of large kind of half circle stage and then there was a set of uh, maybe 10 or 12 large steps that went up to a top platform um, and that was the the right side of the stage um, so looking around i'm like okay this is pretty cool um, I've never been to a show where they've built something. I haven't seen anything quite like this since Legend S. You know, and then you stand around for an hour. Looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> Looking around, listening to Koba's playlist of actually pretty diverse um, music. The the playlist before the show actually slapped. It was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, you're just, you're just kind of standing around waiting. And there was definitely an energy. Um, going around because nobody knew what to expect none of us knew what to expect going into this we hadn't seen anything since um 10 baby metal budokan we hadn't really seen photos or any hint of anything really other than art where we're trying to like raise the brightness and figure out what's actually going on in three years or two years mm -hmm. excuse me so yeah the crowd was buzzing one other note i want to make of kind of the pre-show experience was uh they played kingslayer which was pretty funny because the crowd got into it. Uh -huh. Everybody, everybody clapped along where appropriate in Kingslayer. And then everybody cheered after Sue's parts, <laughs> which was pretty funny. <laughs> it's a funny thing to include in the playlist. Yeah. I, I thought so too, which, you know, I suppose makes sense, but it was kind of weird. It almost felt yeah. like playing a baby metal song before a baby metal show, which they've never done, <laughs> Yeah, which feels kind of weird. <laughs> well, they still haven't even played it live together yet. So that's probably an anticipatory thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It did kind of occur to me that the like the theme of that of uh, King Slayer, it does feel like it kind of fits into the you know Metal Kingdom uh, True. world in a way. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, and they played yeah. Sabaton. They played the usual suspects um, you would expect um, were in the playlist, so that was pretty fun. Uh, and then we get to the show. You know, the music comes to a crescendo. You can always tell the show is about to start because the last couple of songs, they raised the volume uh, pretty significantly enough, mm -hmm. enough to notice like, Oh, okay. It just got, the music just got louder. And it's so they can have that moment where the song ends and the lights cut. And that's exactly what right. happens. Um, I forget what song was playing, um, but it was actually, it was, it was going pretty hard. Uh, ends, lights drop, screaming, cheering. Um, I would say it reserved cheering. Um, mm -hmm. What I, what I will say up front, so I don't have to talk about it again, is my experience with, you know, everybody being allowed to cheer again was, I, I don't know, I guess the only way you can describe it is pretty Japanese. Like, everybody was pretty hesitant at first. Um, it was mostly just foreigners, and from what I could tell, and then, you know, pockets of Japanese friends and uh, fans cheering. Um, it kind of took halfway through the show, I think, for people to really kind of start being like, okay, this is okay. I can do this. I can cheer again um, to closer back to normal. 
by the end of the show. Mm-hmm. That, that was my experience with people getting used to cheering again. Um, but I, I went crazy the whole time because I was allowed to. <laughs> I'm following the rules. I'm doing my thing. Um, so yeah, the lights come down. Um, they open the show to, uh, was this the opener? I think it was Dance Macabre starts playing. And mm-hmm. on the platforms to the right of me, the, the, where the commie band is, uh, hooded figures dressed in white. And this is after a lore video that explains, you know, the, what the other one is and baby metal going to the next stage, similar messaging to what we've seen before. Um, mm-hmm. and these people are holding, holding the keys to the metal verse and they start a slow procession down the stage and across the bridge that connects them towards the Fox gate. And they're holding these huge staffs with uh, kind of circles at the top that are kind of oppose each other, like opposing ovals. I don't know. It looked like the, like the top of an old key, if that makes sense. Uh Right. Um, And and this took, it took them a solid couple of minutes to walk all the way across because it's a big venue and they literally had to walk across the whole double event hall to this other part of the stage. Um, at you know like halftime or something like that so it took them a while to get across um, but you can feel the anticipation um and they did these in- this incredible display of just like lights time to sound effects and things like that where it felt like as they were moving across this walkway lights blasted down from the ceiling um kind of in order from right to left with a really neat kind of electronic whoa sound going across the uh-huh. building as if it were charging energy into the Fox gate. Um, and as this were happening, the eyes would start glowing red on the Fox gate. Oh, um, so Aww, the procession, that's cool. the, yeah. So the, the, I, I was like, I'm, I'm like in tears at this point because I'm here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like, holy shit, it's happening. We're back. Um, and not only that, like we're kind of back to that, that cool legend s telling of a story, you know, and I've said this, I think the last three episodes in a row, but, we keep comparing baby metal concerts to a theatrical experience to like a stage performance. And this is exactly what that felt like. Um, mm-hmm. It felt reminiscent, uh, the same kind of feeling of the beginning of legend S, you know, with the, the guys in like the, the Fox heads and the big chains <laughs> towing, towing the, uh, the stage. Right. This is yeah. the same kind of feeling. Um, obviously different, but the same kind of feeling that we're watching a show. We're not at a concert right now. We're being, transported to the metalverse right mm-hmm. um so they get there um sound effects lights smoke things like that the music comes to a crescendo the um the single file line of people with staffs have uh, merged into two lines next to each other so they're all next to each other now is you know two groups of five um, and as the music crescendos they all take their staffs and lean them towards the Fox gate as if they're opening it. Uh, the eyes turn, you know, bright red and lasers, like not lasers, but like really bright lights shoot out of them and across the venue because they've filled it with smoke and fog and things like that. <laughs> so you can see the beams of light going across the stage and the doors start opening to a brilliant backlit white light, like blinding, um, like opening the Ark of the Covenant in, in Indiana Jones, uh-huh. right? Yeah, this sounds 
Amazing. Eventually we are going to see this. And, uh, uh, I mean, a little earlier than that, we're going to see something on Wawao. And I wonder if, <laughs> if half of the thing that Wawao shows us is like somebody walking across the thing to open a door. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming that we may not get all of that experience. I hope they do because it really sets the stage. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely want to see it on the, on the, you know, the thing they release later, but, uh, mm. um, I'm just wondering about like television time slots. Oh, sure. Yeah. They may, they may cut it up. You never know. So, okay. Continuing the doors open. Mm-hmm. They built the thrones full size, full scale that we've seen in the imagery for throne, the, the game of mm-hmm. thrones throne with swords everywhere. And they're huge. They are huge. I shared this picture in uh, Discord of the stage. The the doors are maybe ah, 40, 50 feet tall. They're about the same height as maybe the Legend Metal Galaxy screen was. They're huge. Um, they, they swing open, and these, these thrones there that you can see, you can only see the outlines of them um, because, mm-hmm. remember, they're backlit by this brilliant white light. They go up maybe halfway up the door, they are not insignificant. <laughs> wow. Um, so like half as tall as the venue. They're half, they half as tall as the door. They're huge. Um, I, if you watch the Game of Thrones, like that prop throne, they actually, you know, the, the, the throne is huge. They, mm-hmm. they look bigger than that from where I was. And, you know, I, I, they looked huge, even though I was 40 miles away in another prefecture. <laughs> um. So the first thing I noticed immediately was that there are three of them. There are three thrones coming at me. They're on a moving platform and they're kind of being pushed out the doors. Um, and I can, you can, I can see three silhouettes of them and your mind starts racing. Like you're like, Oh my God, what's going on? There's three of them. Why are there three? Is it happening? Is, 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 are we getting a third new member? Like, is Yui back? Is is Momoko here? Like, why are there three freaking thrones? Um, <laughs> no, expert, thank you. He shared a photo of uh, the Natalie Moo, dot Moo, um folks did a, a write-up with some pro shot photos, and there's a photo of them in the thrones. Um, if you notice, though, in the photo they shared, it's not a very well-composed photo because they shot it so you couldn't see the third one. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but yeah, they're they're huge. Again, uh, the music is at a crescendo at this point. We're not we're not into baby metal music at this point. We're kind of in that pre-hype orchestral dance macabre kind of thing still. Um, oh. On a on a crescendo and downbeat of that, the uh, spotlights so that we could see Sue and Moa sitting in the thrones. And right away, they had close-ups on the screens, and their costumes are what Maggie was hoping for. They are wearing uh-huh. those super cool like almost military yes. style coat things and it's the most badass costume i have ever seen i it is incredible i'm willing to make that <laughs> i'm 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 willing to you make should. those i'll be it, it those would probably be more set for like a winter show but i will i will definitely at some point in time make it like yeah. at some point <laughs> you, you absolutely need to because they are Stunning, stunning in person. 
Um, and then of course, at this point, you know, the hype, the hype is off the charts, right? Like, yeah. holy crap, here they are. We're back. We're in front of me. There's, there's hugging, there's grabbing of shoulders and shaking each other, you know, in the pit, <laughs> like, holy crap, it's happening. Um, and then metal kingdom, you know, you, you called it, mm-hmm. it's the opener of the album. It's of course going to open the concert. Moa gets up and starts kind of slowly working her way down towards, I guess I'm going to call them like these apostle looking people, but there are other one keys mm-hmm. um, kind of slowly and very badassly working her way down uh, the steps kind of towards them and like guiding them back as Sue starts metal kingdom seated in her throne, which is one of the coolest things I've <laughs> ever seen. Wild. <laughs> like, yeah you know we, we you know we all you know we always joke you know the, she's she's the queen she's queen sue but this was that in real life and <laughs> that's definitely what it felt like um mm-hmm. yeah at speechless absolutely incredible moment um and they have these huge uh two-pronged fork staff things uh, some, somebody actually called it out and figured out what they might be inspired from. Um, and Paul, you know, I, I might be able to get close with what it is and you might be uh-huh. able to fix me cause it's, it's a history thing. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's the, the staff of, of Longinus, Loginus. I don't, it's, it's actually Christian symbology. However, uh-huh. uh, the anime Evangelion used them. Um, and they look almost exactly the same from the anime. Or, or they're really close. It's been a hot minute since I've watched Evangelion, but I, I think it was Asuka's weapon. Because it's a red two-prong huge... Or wait, no. God, it's been so long. But yes, I do recall the... Because no, it's towards the end of the series. I think it was actually used in the movies, if I remember correctly. Like the old movies. Because I never watched the new ones. That but, could be. Uh, Morbo yeah. put it in chat. He, um, it's the Lance of Loganus from Evangelion. And the Holy Lance that pierced Jesus on the cross. I see. But this is very much more inspired by the anime. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that that's all, you know, it, it's all a mishmash of, of Koba's pop culture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Metal Kingdom live debut. Sue spends the first half of it or so seated. Um, and then kind of gets up with her staff and wields it uh, to finish the song with some pretty cool choreography from Moa um, as the uh, the Apostle folks kind of work their way back towards the other end of the stage. Um, and holy shit, does that song go hard live. <laughs> yeah, um, I believe it. A, I believe it. It's a great opener. Um, I, I know we've all been kind of skeptical of some of the, with the exception of maybe monochrome, like, but you know, true to form. And, you know, we always ended our discussions around this new music as we need to hear it live first. And of course this is the case here. Um, everything I heard was incredible live. Yeah. Incredible. Um, you know, so once, once we were kind of through metal kingdom, we went into um, divine attack. There was a bit of a break as uh, Sue and Moa had made their way all the way across the event hall to the other stage um by the end of metal kingdom uh, where that wrapped up and then we went down into um 
you know, kind of that usual interlude kind of music with low light and blue. Um, because we'd find out in a few moments that they were doing a costume change and getting set to actually kind of start what we know as a baby metal concert, right? Um, so the the lights come back up after a few minutes of interlude music. Um, Momoko's back. You know, we know almost right away that it's Momoko because uh, everybody can see her. Um, they've done a costume change. They've lost the... Um, you know, the, the cool cavalry looking military outfit and they're back into, I, you know, I didn't get to see very close up and I'm not a super huge, you know, costume detail person, but they looked exactly the same as the 10 baby metal Budokan costumes to me. I, I'm, I'm actually pretty sure they were the exact same costumes. Yeah. Um, if, if they were different, they were so minor that my untrained eye would not have been able to pick them up. It was definitely interesting to see the, like the, um, the costumes in metal kingdom, uh, it's it's really neat to see photos of them, like the the photo cards that we saw before. I'm I'm not even entirely sure that they weren't, you know, artistic renditions of yeah. of costumes before. Like, so it's really yeah. interesting to see them in actual, you know, draped cloth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It definitely looks better as a real item. <laughs> So yeah, Divine Attack. Divine Attack went really hard. Um, and then we're kind of just into the groove of the concert. Um, I was, you know, I, I like to mosh here because moshing anywhere else feels dangerous to me because moshing in Japan is just different. It's not about throwing elbows and kind of being aggressive. You know, it's, it's, there's a, there's a little bit of, you know, body contact because that's what like a wall of death is, but it's a circle pit. You know, you're running in circles and having fun with all of your friends, not trying to hurt each other. Um, so kind of halfway through Divine Attack, I dove back into the pit and started moshing, um, which I think might have been a mistake. I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and because this set list has almost no breaks. So, um, so just to give you kind of the, the first little bit here, we went from Metal Kingdom to Divine Attack, straight into Distortion, Papaya. Give me chocolate, make it today. That was kind of the first mm-hmm. um, third of the concert, maybe th- maybe not not quite a half, almost half the concert were those songs. And if you're in the pit, those are all very interactive and very fast and lots of running. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and you know we're wearing two masks too, which was also a, a barrier or made it a little bit more difficult. So I, I was actually getting pretty winded, um, uh-huh. you know, for the for the first time in my life going to these concerts i'm in pretty good shape you know i i don't want to i don't want to toot my own horn here but i usually run about 10 <laughs> miles a week um at a reasonable pace and i was pretty gassed after distortion <laughs> and i still had papaya give me song three and, yeah. and they say yeah to go so um it, it, it was quite tiring um i looked at my watch after the show and i i started a workout actually uh, in the middle of the divide attack um and i ended up my watch that burned like 1300 calories or something like that <laughs> Yeah. Good Christmas. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a to talk about the stage a little bit more now that we're kind of into the regular concert part. Um, it's the familiar moving stage that we've seen them use um, at Legend Metal Galaxy at the Forum, um, Legend M that kind of drives up and down the track that they, that connects the two big stages on either end, um, so it could mm-hmm. move and go up and down and things like that. 
um, sparks flew through the bottom and raised them up in the middle as I guess as a tradition now for Papaya when they have that stage. Um, right. I will say they did a really good job of keeping them mobile and not parking them behind poles for too long. Um, like I never felt like I had a bad view and I was in a bad pit, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, they did a great job driving them to one end so those people could get a good view, driving them to the middle, stopping them at like halfway between the end and the middle, at like the third so those people could get a good view and they, and it was very mobile it never stayed in the stage never stayed in one place for very long um which was fantastic um so i, I like to think that that's a kind of an evolution and giving people a better opportunity to see what's going on yeah that's pretty cool yeah. i noticed that uh, like a, there are a couple of shots from above which you might have seen on screens um of the of the surface of the um stage and it looked like it was kind of like um it was sort of a, the stylized O that you know they're they're yes. using for the other one or just the one later. So from what I could tell, it was an LED screen that they were dancing on. Um, that they ah, would okay, so they it would, changed, and, but they so it changed, but they did use the like italicized O quite often mm-hmm. um, as part of that. Um, okay, so let's get to I guess the next chunk of concert because it suddenly will get very interesting. Yeah, right, right, right now it will get very interesting. Right now it will get very interesting. So, make it to the end. Lights go down. Music starts playing. Music I can't... Maybe this this might have been the Dance Macabre part. Hmm. Now I don't remember. They definitely played Dance Macabre as part of this. But anyways, music starts playing. And you know, you can kind of tell at this point it's been six songs. We're going to get a video. We're going to get some more because they need a break. Uh, we need a break. Or we're all going to pass out. Um, <laughs> and the first thing that comes up on screen after, you know, and, and there's narration that I don't remember that went along with all of this is we are entering the metal verse of madness. Uh, if you are a Marvel fan, they just straight up copied Marvel, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, one for one. Uh, <laughs> Baby Metal hilarious. returns the other one in the Metalverse of Madness. Um, I put his picture, I snuck a photo of it on the second day because I had to, just so you could understand that they literally one for one copied this thing from Marvel. And I got to think if they're anywhere else, like it's so good that, that I don't know, there would have to be a copyright problem. <laughs> um so they talk about how we're going to uh, you know enter the metal verse um and just to just to summarize kind of the vibe i got from the narration was that if if you're familiar with like marvel what if and like the whole multiverse thing that marvel's currently doing um it's basically you know the, the characters you know seeing them in different contexts you know like there's an infinite number of versions of yourself out there you know what what are they getting up to in the galaxy um, and in the Marvel universe, there are people who can travel the multiverse and go between these different dimensions and things like that. So, so that's, that's the thing. I, I mean, they even, I'm going to share another photo here cause I, I had to do this. They, they even stole the VFX when we were at the end of the uh, narration, um, in the Marvel movies, you know, like Dr. Strange and then the sorcerers, they use what's called a sling ring to open these portals that lets them teleport, you know, kind of anywhere they can see or imagine. Uh, they use the same VFX from the movies to kind of teleport us into the metalverse. So it's the Marvel logo, but it doesn't say Marvel. 
It says baby metal. <laughs> baby metal returns that's... the other one in the multiverse of madness. They literally just copied it. They are pushing their yeah, luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's but it is a it's uh, it's a knowing nod. I mean, it's not you know they're not yeah. trying to pull one on us. They assume yeah. everybody kind of recognizes what they're doing. It's it's the same. This is the same idea as when they used to reference Star Wars all the time. It's the same yeah. thing. Um, but this is, I would say, is much more overt. And I would say it's actually the same. The same kind of thing as you know like idz stealing from the like drug campaign ads you know it's mm. it's like the stuff you see around you are just going to mishmash into this yeah into the into the lore and the songs you know yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> it's very cool though very funny it, it, it was very cool very funny um i one, one other note i want to make about this section is before they while they were talking about this they went through each kind of part of the metal verse and it's all the the themes we know thrown uh was it coffin smoke all of these uh-huh. things and and it's it's the um it's the western narrator you know going coffin smoke <laughs> mirror yeah. and then almost everybody around me started laughing because they you know it's so dramatic these one syllable words thrown smoke <laughs> inverted mirror reflection <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many just, takes it took for you know for the guy to make it through right? without cracking up. It felt so out of place. It was his stare. I laughed both nights. Everybody around me chuckled both nights. It was just so out of place. It was really funny. Um, um, so, anyways, we get through this lore video and we're like, okay, cool. What the heck's going to happen now? Um, and the beginning of Doki Doki Morning starts playing. <laughs> And we're like, holy crap, it's Doki Doki Morning. You know, they have, they don't play this very often. <laughs> um, I think they, they right. did the it's, 10 Baby Metal Budokan, but before that, it had been a long time. Um, yeah, and I think it's, I mean, it's their it's their first song. It's, uh, I had thought it had been abandoned, and it was sort of like a, yeah. a, a special thing when it yeah. showed up in yeah. 10 Baby Metal Budokan. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, very surprising so the, to, to hear it in the set list. Super surprising, and everybody got super excited because you know who doesn't love that song? It's a great song. It's kind of if I could describe Baby Metal in one song, it's that one. <laughs> I don't think it's Gimme Chocolate. I think it's this one. I think it embodies everything of what Baby Metal started as um, that kind of perfect fusion between you know hyper cute pop and metal. Um, anyways, yeah, we're just like holy crap here they go you know they're on the right side they're on this the same mobile mobile platform stage that they've been on the whole time it's parked on the uh the right side of the stage near the commie band you know and they're just performing the song um you know and everybody's you know jumping and participating um and then after the first chorus they're still singing they're still performing but the, the spotlights on them drop immediately drop and then to my left, you can see spotlights come up in the same moment. And my first thought was, holy crap, how did they just do that? They just teleported across the whole venue. <laughs> it was like um, the forum. You remember the beginning mm-hmm. of the forum and they were they used the lights to kind of like teleport themselves forward from the stage? Yes, that was a cool moment. Very, very effective. Yeah, very. so same effect, but they went, they went like 300 feet across the building. <laughs> right, in an instant. In an instant. And I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, what the f*** just happened? <laughs> what am I, how did they do that? And then it happens again. Those spotlights drop and they come back up and I'm and they're, like, they're there. And I can tell it's them. 
it wasn't until they did this effect the second time, and I'm looking a little closer because um, they left the lights on a little longer. They they kind of did the back and forth with the lights, and then they left the spotlights on, and the stages started kind of driving towards each other. It wasn't then until I noticed it was a completely different set of people performing Doki Doki Morning to my left that were kind of a, that were opposing Sumo and Momoko, mm-hmm. and then I, I'm looking even closer. Um, and I'm second guessing myself because uh, we were having a conversation about this uh, kind of amongst us before, before the show started about just wild speculation, just killing time, you know, having fun, letting our minds wander on what baby metal is going to do. You know, and we were talking about how they're going to end and like young SG girls are going to take over or something like that. Um, so I had this thought in the back of my brain and I'm looking across and I recognize one of the other people right away as Kimura Sakia from Sakura Gakuin. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm second guessing myself because am I seeing this? Is she actually here performing this? Or am I seeing what I want to see because somebody put that thought in my head an hour ago? (laughs) (laughs) I I literally could not believe what I was seeing. Um, And and they didn't really use, they didn't really give us good shots of them on the screen. Or if they did, I was so entranced trying to figure out what was going on by looking at them physically that I didn't notice that if they put them on screens or not the first night. And, and I'm just, my mind is like, ah, what is going on? I, I can't tell what's happening. Um, but, it, but it's very obvious, you know, I, at least to me, the imagery that they're going for is this is baby metal, a, a, a multiverse or metalverse version of the, your younger selves. Um, and my, I immediately thought that this is like their mirror image right because they've been throwing these words at us for the last year um that okay maybe this is mirror like they're literally mirroring a younger version of themselves from the multiverse um which was absolutely incredible and honest to god genius like we we were talking about when 10 baby that Budokan happened you know how how they could do old songs again and then they pull out on a diocesexian with Moa, like, you know, teaching younger girls what that song is and how to, how to do the things in that song. Right. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, that makes the childish stuff work. It allows them to be adults, but kind of play that older stuff that might be a little weird for them to just play at a concert, if that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. sure. So yeah, incredible. Um, I'm I'm not, I'm going to just kind of blend both nights here. Um, So on the second night, now that I knew what to look for, um, and we'd already we had we had identified all three. Um, not long after the show, you know, I had already identified Zaki, and I was pretty confident that she was playing Yui. Um, Sue was being played by Miko Takata, another soccer guy, former soccer guy, uh, graduate, great singing voice, um, and then a Chow girl was playing Mo. Yeah, I think it's Kato Kokona. Yeah. Yeah. And their costumes were pretty similar to the ones Sumo and Momoko were wearing, but they had, instead of kind of the dark golden gray skirt, they were kind of a dark burgundy, which was super cool. So they brought the red back for them, for their look, which it, I thought was yeah. awesome. I saw a picture, like somebody, they were on the screen there for a moment or two because someone did take a picture of it. Um, mm. And I did, so I was able to see it. It was pretty cute, actually. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it, uh, it was adorable. Um, so now that I knew what to look for, um, I actually, I went in, 
I went in on the first night, kind of way after my number had been called because, you know, I was, I'm going to mosh anyway, you know, like whatever. I'm, you don't, you don't need to show up to these things an hour before they start. Um, um so th- this time I actually waited a little bit so I could go right when my number was flipped. Um, cause I wanted to get as kind of far left and forward of my block. Cause I really wanted to see this part of the show. Um, and I did, I got pretty close. I was way, I had a way better view of this the second night. Um, and you know, like everybody was looking to my right. I was like parked looking left at this other stage for the entire song. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and sure enough, you know, uh, you know, about after the first chorus, three, three silhouettes appear and they, they start doing the same thing. Um, what I noticed the second night, um, and what I could hear the second night is that when the spotlight was on their metal verse versions of themselves, they were performing. It was very obviously Miko's voice singing Doki Doki Morning. Very that's obvious. also very cool. Oh, that's really yeah, cool. Was, yeah, they were actually performing it. She was definitely singing it. I am one hundred percent positive of that. She has an she has a really good voice. Like she has she's one of the better singers I think Sakuragakuin has ever produced. Um, she's up there. I um, mean, you know, she doesn't have like the power and projection that Sue does, but still very nice voice. So. And now that I've heard that, I was like, okay, that makes perfect sense why they, they had her play Sue. Like, uh, if they were going to use Amuse Kids, she's the one. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, you know, and she, she has the look, too. She definitely has the look of kind of, their, of a younger Sue. Um, so, yeah, that was incredible. Um, I didn't want that part to end. Um, the second night, because I was watching it, um, I didn't get to see any of these girls perform uh, live in Sakura Gakuin because it was, they were in it for most of Corona. Uh, uh-huh. So, you know, it was it was a big moment for me because I finally got to see um, Miko and Sakia perform live. So I was just an emotional wreck watching this, especially once I heard that uh, Miko was actually singing it. I was just like, oh my God, this is incredible. This is the best concert I've ever been to. <laughs> um so yeah doki doki morning what a what an incredible way to continue to play that song like and it's yeah. it's truly genius you know if if this whole metal verse of madness exists solely for them to pull songs like this out of their back pocket to keep playing them like i, I can't think of a better way to do it like you, you get the theater of it you get the anticipation of it um, and it, it's, it's great marketing because after the first night we were all wondering, Oh, actually, look, the end of the first night said that tomorrow is a continuation. It, you know, baby metal will continue. The show's not over. Yeah. Are they going to do another song? Are they going to play catch me if you can in that spot? You know, are they, are they going to play Ine in that spot or something else we haven't seen in ages? Um, unfortunately we would learn the second day that that's not true. The set list was exactly the same. Um, but all the same, you know, Doki Doki Morning was incredible, especially since I was prepared and kind of knew what to look for um, on day two. Uh, I kind of wonder. I my my guess at this point is that um, that was kind of a that was a special thing for this show. Like I I think I think we may be done with Doki Doki Morning, like we are like we're done with Onidari Daisaksan now. But I think so too. Uh, but we had the opportunity to do it. You know, that they, they had an opportunity to bring it back. You know, one last time. And yeah, it was an effective way to do it. I agree. I think so too. It was hyper effective. Like, man, that was, you know, I'll just say that that was my favorite baby metal moment I've experienced live. A hundred percent. Totally unexpected. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and that's, 
honest to God, what I really love about this group is that they keep you on your toes. You know, we always bitch about, you know, lack of communication and not understanding, not knowing what's going on. And it's all super cryptic and hard to, hard to, you know, decipher. But if it were anything else, I would not have experienced that moment the same way. Right. So, you know, we complain about it and, you know, we go, oh, it sucks. Why can't he just be so, why, why can't he just tell us what's going on? You know, and, you know, I get that and I'll continue to do that. But at the same time, you have to, I have to appreciate that because it is the way that it is. I was able to experience this concert the way it was meant to be experienced. Nice. Okay. So after Doki Doki Morning. Next, another big moment, actually. Another big moment. <laughs> we got a whole new song, uh, Light and Darkness. This one was uh, uh, Suimo only, which was super interesting. Um, so we've learned at this point that there are two of these moving platform stages now, um, that can drive up and down mm -hmm. this track. Um, that's like, for example, that's what the Thrones rode in on. Um, that's where young baby metal performed on. So there's two of these things. Um, so for this song, Mo and Sue started on opposing ends. So what, uh, I think it was Mo in front of the, uh, Fox store and Sue in front of the commie band. Um, huh. And they lifted them up as high as these things would go for the start of this song. Um, and it's really pretty live. Like, I'm, I, don't, I almost don't want to talk about it. Uh, it. Let me just say, it's not what we expect from the snippets. No. The rest okay. of the song makes the song better. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really pretty. I haven't pretty. listened to it. And Sue's, Sue's voice in this is incredible. Um, it's really powerful. Um, she, she rides across the instruments really well, really nicely. Um, you know, Moa's little contributions uh, are also layered in really well. Um, and they, they perform the song and they kind of drive towards each other on these stages as they're raised, as they're performing and kind of dancing opposite of each other um, until they meet in the middle uh, to, to kind of finish the, uh, the second half of the song. Um, and again, I don't really want to talk about this one too much. I want people to hear the song and kind of, and kind of see it um, because I don't think, you know, three days later, you know, my, my brain is just all over the place. I, I won't do it justice, um, uh -huh. but it was awesome. The song was great. I really enjoyed the song. Um, I'm going to look forward to listening to that one again and seeing it again in more detail um, because I, I didn't really have a great view of this because they were high and, you know, there was pillars and things like that. So this was one that um, they had not released. Like this, this we don't have a studio right. version of this. We, um, there is no studio version of this. I haven't actually listened to it either, uh, even in the in the pocket audio, as people right. call it. The um, but um, they played this one and the next one actually out of order. Um, mm -hmm. And as far as the album story goes, yes, this one this one is actually later. But um, the thing I was going to say though is I, I'm. I, my guess is that this one will be one of the singles that we get before the album uh, drops. I kind of hope so. I think that's plausible. I really kind of hope. So. I, I should say I really hope so because it's it's a it's a banger, as people say. <laughs> uh, the only thing I'm going to say about it is it it's very reminiscent of like. I know this is really not the exact description of it, but it's very drum and bass to me. Uh. I don't know if you would correlate with that. Yeah, Kevin has a little I, bit. No, I would not drum no, and bass. It's it's <sighs> no pocket audio. Pocket audio isn't going to do that justice. Yeah, just wait for the real one. 
I don't know. Don't form any opinions based on what you heard on a bootleg Discord recording. Well, either way, the bootleg sounded pretty good. So it's going to sound great live when I hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever I get the opportunity to. Yeah, definitely check it out. Um, So, yeah, Light and Darkness. And then we go into the live debut of Monochrome. Um, And I'm just going to say up front, this is of what I've heard of the new album, my favorite song. And it's not even close. (laughs) Uh This, this song is incredible live. It is an experience. Um, So the song starts all the displays around the building, go to black and white, all of the lighting inside switches to white or neutral and the whole place they managed to make kind of look black and white. Monochrome. Interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, super powerful. Super forms it really well. Um, my participation in the middle of it, she asked us to bring our phones out and turn on our lights um, and illuminate the whole building. The second night, I actually, since I, well, I had my phone out anyway, I was like, well, I have my phone out and my light's on. Um, I recorded about a minute of it. Um, I just put that in Discord um, so you can kind of see what was going on. Um, but yeah, Monochrome, wow. Uh, super powerful live. Uh-huh. Really, really well performed. Um, you know, and then the way they engaged with the crowd was really touching for this one because, you know, they don't do that a whole lot. You know, they don't s- sit and talk to us. You know, the Sue asking you to, you know, pull your phone out, turn your light on, and then like, oh my gosh, it looks like stars. It's so pretty, you know, and they're going around. It's like, you know, you know, and a couple of people said they saw them maybe get a little emotional. I was too far away to see that. I didn't notice it on the screen, but you know, I'd believe it. Yeah, um, I would too. <laughs> this wasn't, this was, the, this whole song was just an incredible moment in the concert. And I mean, it is also, you know, the first time in, in what, like two years almost that they've been in front of people. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, monochrome happened. That was awesome. Um, there was a pretty long break between the end of uh, monochrome and the next song um, as the stage moved and I could tell they got some water and were kind of supporting each other on stage a little bit. So, you know, I think that plays into, they, they might've gotten a little emotional in this moment. Um, but then, you know, right back into it, headbanger goes hard. <laughs> Um, we were they moved that stage all the way from the right to the left Uh, so we were uh, we were bowing for a really long time I got a little uncomfortable (laughs) Um, reminiscent of Legend Metal Galaxy it was also a very long uh, bowing session Um, and then unexpectedly from Headbanger into Ijime Dame Zadai which always gets the crowd going, you know, the second time in a row I've managed to experience it at a concert here in Japan. So I feel incredibly lucky for that. Um, uh-huh. But at the sense I, the sense I get is that people never expect this one to come up anymore. So when it does, people get extra hyped, um, extra excited and extra motivated for it. You know, the, the same video plays that you're all familiar with um, as that's happening, you know, my pit starts opening up, you know, we open up a little bit, we open up a little bit more. Uh, Japanese fans are kind of pushing everybody back, trying to open up the pit even just a little bit more. And it keeps going 
we keep growing this pit, you know, we're maybe 30 by 60 at this size uh, pit at the moment. And it keeps growing. Keep, people keep pushing back. This is when I learned how big these blocks actually were. We had opened uh-huh. up so much, another smaller pit had formed in our block. And we started to merge <laughs> with that with that pit until we got, you know, to Sue's first notes of the song. And by this point, I'm standing on the edge of by far the biggest wall of death I have ever seen. The biggest pit. This is the biggest pit I have ever been a part of. I, I've never been nervous to mosh or do a wall of death here. I was actually a little nervous for everybody because <laughs> it was huge. That's what- there were, there was maybe enough room along the uh, perimeter of the block for three people deep. That's how compressed we were. See, <laughs> wow. that's one of the things I look forward to whenever I see a live video is to see all the pits opening up. And like the video, because yeah. you know that the cameras are going to go over at least most yeah. of them. And that's always, yeah. and it's always really cool to see live too. <laughs> yeah. And just to give you a sense of scale, remember there are eight blocks. This venue capacity is 15,000. So subtract that or divide that by eight and you get a rough estimate of how many people are in these blocks. So when I say that there's room for maybe three, maybe four people wide around the perimeter this thing is big <laughs> uh, um so yeah idz you know scream wall of death off i go <laughs> <laughs> um it it was it would it right to be nervous i think um everybody did a pretty good job colliding and keeping everybody safe you know one thing i will say that we do a really good job of here is you know people fall it's going to happen when the wall of death happens especially if you're at the front the the odds of you staying on your feet are almost zero um and when i'm not in the front and i'm a pretty big dude um i like to kind of stop and throw my arms out to keep people from getting trampled because we everybody does a really good job of you know kind of making a making a wall so people don't get trampled and helping people up that have fallen um so of course there was a bunch of that um, I lost my shoe at one point. <laughs> she slipped off. Um, I was able to recover it, fortunately, pretty quickly and get it back on um, about half a lap. But um, yeah, I, IDZ. That's that's IDZ in Japan. Pretty much, yeah. No, I. Uh, there was another um, foreign fan who apparently he lost his glasses and they got trampled on. <laughs> he has to get yeah, new so glasses. I learned, that, yeah. I learned that lesson. Yeah, I learned that's that lesson. That's the risk. I learned that lesson at, um, was it The Sun Also Rises? Why it was going to be Legend Why, but we can't because Yuri's not here show in 2019. My glasses fell off my head um, in rotary resistance and got trampled, and I had to go figure out how to get glasses here in Japan. Um, so now I always travel with uh, a glasses strap yeah. when I go to shows and wear that so that Actually, that can't happen. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> so if you're going to mosh, if you're a glasses wearer and you mosh, I highly recommend you get a lightweight uh, strap your glasses so that that can't happen because it's a no fun trying to figure out how to get your prescription from another country to you while you can't see and while you can't see and then figuring out how you can get uh, glasses in another country where you don't speak the language very well (laughs) um so yeah that was that was an experience um so after idz we went right into rotor resistance and uh, you know about 10 minutes ago i was telling you how i was winded by the end of distortion 
I am just absolutely <laughs> gassed at this point. Um, you know, headbanger to do in, another wall in, into IDZ, uh, into Road of Resistance, and of course we open back up. Um, it gets almost as big, probably not quite as big as the IDZ wall, um, but that goes kind of just as expected. <laughs> um, and it's kind of funny, you know, about about halfway through the first chorus, the, the circle pit of running kind of turns into a light jog. And then I think by the last <laughs> chorus, we were just kind of a, a brisk walk <laughs> around in a circle. Everybody was pretty gassed at this point. Because uh, like I said, there's just not a lot of breaks in this set list to catch your breath if you're trying to you know go hard and participate. Um, so yeah, Road of Resistance ends. Uh, the lights go down. They do the uh, the fireworks pop, you know, at the very end. Um, after some, you know, we are's, we are baby metal. That's back. That was great to see. They go up and down the stage. So you're like, okay, cool. Concert's over. You know, that was a great experience. Oh no, 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 no. It was not over. Um, they did the the classic false ending, you know, where they shoot the fireworks, but the lights stay down, um, and then it's silent. You know, it's not over because lights haven't come up, right? So you start the baby metal and the yeah. clapping chant, right, to get them back. Uh-huh. Um, this was a pretty long break. Um, this, I don't, I, it probably, it felt like 10 minutes. I'm sure it wasn't 10 minutes. Um, you know, but it felt like a pretty long break and we got the, uh, the premiere of the legend, yeah. which was Sue and Moa only again. Um, they started at the, um, the, the right side and kind of moved up and down on the track for this song. I kind of have. I, I'm not so sure about this. this. is the only song I'm not so sure about yet. It's it, it's really pretty. It it definitely it feels almost more like it takes the spot of the one, in, mm. in tone and style, musically. I, I I can't describe how I feel like about it. Other than that, I'm not sure yet. I need I need to hear it more. Um, my favorite part of it is um, it gets it gets heavier, and you know you know the comedy band comes in kind of in the the middle for the second chorus. Um, and there's a pretty great guitar solo in the middle of it. I loved that part. Um, it's kind of the flanking ends of the middle of the song that I wasn't too sure about. Um, but again, of course, performed really well. And, you know, everybody's like exhausted and tired and just emotional. Like what, what has just happened? You know, we're all at the end of this incredible performance um, and listening to a new song for the first time. So still a really special moment. So the legend ends, the lights go dark again. They've gone from the right side of the stage all the way to the left where the doors are and back. Um, I should mention they added the, um, the capes they were using for the one, you know, they had like the gold cape that they kind of bolt on to their costume. They have been in the last few years for the one. Uh, mm-hmm. So they bolted those on for this performance of the legend and for the end. So the song ends, the lights go down, uh, lights, lights come back in a breaker sendo it's no longer the legend music um it's some other interlude interlude of music um and sue and mo are, are at the base of those steps i described at the beginning remember there's like a three-tiered stage on the right with you know mm-hmm. a few steps and then the commie band and then a set of like 12 stairs so they're on the commie band level looking up this staircase um you know as as the lore music is playing you know, they're slowly working their way up it and the the edges of the stairs are lined with red LED strips that go the width of the building. So as they're climbing <laughs> the stairs, 
um, you know, in time with the music, the steps are eliminating, right. As they're getting ready to uh-huh. go up. And then as they start nice. going, as they start climbing the stairs, um, two brilliant spotlights come down and illuminate two coffins on, you know, kind of right in front of them. And as Suemo go up the stairs, they kind of take their place in front of the uh, coffin, you know, and, and the messaging, once the music ends and the lights go down, you know, the, they're departing, they're going into the metal verse, right? Um, that's, that's the whole thing. This is, I guess, you know, they travel via coffin. It's not a phone booth for baby metal. It's a coffin, right? They've used this right. all kinds of things. You know, they boarded a coffin to come to America for the first time. <laughs> you know, like um, <laughs> it's coffin air, I guess. Um, they're typical imagery of traveling. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but they're the clear coffin that we've seen, you know, graphics of. Um, and then lore video plays. Um, baby metal is traversing the, the metaverse for a new type of metal. Um, a new metal will be born. They say this on night one. And then they, they end, you know, with the show will continue tomorrow or something to that effect, which is what gives us the impression there could be something different tomorrow. Um, so the show is exactly the same on day two. Um, everything is going according to plan. Um, I get to see Takogaku members perform Doki Doki Morning. That destroys me. Monochrome <laughs> destroys me again. Um, I have a little bit more energy for Headbanger, IDZ, and Road of Resistance because I spent my the first kind of half watching up in the front so I could see Doki Doki Morning really well. I wasn't moshing. So the legend ends. Same exact thing. The lights come up. Sue, Moa, Dares, Kami Band. They ascend the staircase. Two coffins. They stand in front of their coffins. Music crescendos third spotlight between the two (laughs) coffins that were already there a third coffin dramatically rises from the stage in between sue and moa who have boarded their coffins at this point a third figure appears in front of that coffin facing away from everybody concert ends yeah no. <laughs> yeah. Very, very well constructed. Uh, very, very effective. The absolute pain. <laughs> Lore video plays. Fox Day. A new metal will be born. Concerts. Yokohama, or in Yokohama, Pia Arena MM. Mm hmm. I am screaming. <laughs> oh, I can I imagine. I completely lost myself. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm quite sure. Um, as soon as that coffin started raising, everybody around me, we were jumping. We were screaming at the top of our lungs. We were pointing. We were pointing at each other. We were hugging each other, jumping up and down. <laughs> I, I have never felt like this. <laughs> like, oh, my God, it's happening. It's crazy. It's crazy to and, think. Yeah. I'm 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 hoarse today on this recording because of the screaming <laughs> <laughs> from this moment. Uh, it's 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 something we've been wondering about for years. We're finally moving on. You were we're closing that chapter, you know, and of course that's that's sad that 
we're closing that part, but it's incredibly exciting that we're opening a whole new chapter. Mm-hmm. Part of the lore video yes. at the end, you know, they go through all of the different album covers, like they're not the, but it starts, you know, red, gold, galaxy, the other one, and then kind of a new outline with a cool red, you know, there, there's no mention of being like reborn. It's, it's all looking forward. It's a new metal will be born. Mm-hmm. Baby metal will continue. It is their destiny. Uh, very, very reaffirming messaging um, in this part of the video um, about kind of the future of baby metal. I think, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe he got a sense that people weren't sure, but it was very clear that the, he probably wanted the message to be that, oh no, we're not done. Yeah. We're moving forward. A new metal will be born. A new metal. So, I would say that he he uh, encouraged the apocalyptic oh, view. Absolutely. <laughs> but it, and this goes back to what I was saying about, you know, we always complain about, you know, the messaging, the marketing, the lack of communication. And this is one of those moments, right? Mm-hmm. That you wouldn't have were it not for all of that stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It would not have hit differently. And I know some people are going to say, well, I wasn't there. You know, that's not fair. Um, but you know, you can say that for about a lot of things in life and that's, that's just the reality of of the entertainment industry. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I would much rather have a once in a lifetime opportunity to do this kind of thing and put up with all the other crap to be able to have a chance to experience something like this. Exactly. Cause it would not, it would not have hit the same. Like I'm still emotional. It still gets me emotional thinking about it. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, what a way to end. Right. Like, indescribable it's a story yeah. story to tell your grandchildren someday or yeah. your neighbor's kids yeah it was i mean even even though you know out here all we had was the the announcements at the point of the show ending you know um, yeah. that was pretty that was pretty i mean it's a pretty big deal out here too <laughs> yeah so yeah it's happening yeah april 1st and 2nd a new metal, a permanent third new member is joining baby metal. I want to scream right now, but I know I can't because mm-hmm. neighbors and <laughs> other people in the vicinity. And that would be also rude to the people listening. Cause then their ears would probably bleed, but yeah, exciting. Just doesn't mm-hmm. cover it. Yeah. I mean, I was screaming, I was crying. They, it's almost certain, but they're still, they still hit it in a, in a bit of a lore, you know? I mean, yeah. We don't know who They've it is. They suggested it hard. They suggested it hard. Oh, yeah. We definitely do not know. We definitely do not know. But if we want to do a little bit of speculation, I'll say what's been going around out here. Of course, there's been some hopium going around that, oh, my God, Yui's coming back. Um, I don't think that's possible. The conspiracy theory is it's in Yokohama. So it must be Yui. I, I, no. I, I would have. Uh, <laughs> the, my main reason for thinking that that isn't likely. I mean, apart from the fact that it isn't likely, just in principle, uh, is that um, it, it, she wouldn't count as a new metal. Exactly. Exactly. It wouldn't be someone it, like this. Would have been instead cast as somebody like finding their way back, you know, from exactly. being trapped yeah, in the metal that's, that's or a something. One hundred percent. And and I will say this is a very minority and almost a joke out here that it's Yui, but of course people are going to make the joke, right? Some people Nobody are seriously talk to thinks. Some people are serious. Oh, some but people are serious. They're just living in their own little world. They're living in their own little world. That's true. Those those people. But I will say it's a minority of people that I've talked to out here at least. 
I think it's actually Huey. Um, we've had a lot of conversations about it over drinks. <laughs> um, I think, you know, all of us are in agreement that if it's not Momoko, it's because she said no, didn't, didn't want to commit to it full time. That's right. really the only That's... avenue any of us could come up with where it wouldn't be her. Um, and it would be somebody completely different. Um, and it would have to be somebody completely different at this point because all of the Avengers they've been rotating through through the past couple of years really aren't available anymore. <laughs> True. <laughs> they, they have their own projects. Pretty much. Um, the um, one thing that's that's always been a little bit I've been a little bit unsure about with Momoko is just the age difference. If this was a permanent thing, then there would be a permanent age gap between them. And also, yeah, I, right. well, I think right now, what she, it, turns, she turns 20 this year. Is she, was she, yeah, so is she still does. I mean, I don't obviously get into people's private lives too much. That's just not my thing. But like, I know that Moa, I think just graduated university and I think Sue did not too long ago. I don't know if Momoko's going to university. And Okay. I've we not heard anything on that, but, um, we don't know. but yeah, time there's not a whole lot of information out there on what she's been up to other than this but you know if, if you think about it logically like she tried to do her own thing in korea didn't work um you know a little bit of tough love i don't think she's good enough for a solo career just not quite there so this would make a lot of sense this would be a huge career move for her so i don't see her saying no to it but you never know it is a huge decision and a big ass commitment right that is a huge you're joining one of the biggest commitment. groups in the world it's it's a big deal it's a big deal I think the main thing is just that she can't, like, you know, say she can't, if she's doing it, then she's going to be doing it for a while, you know, and yeah. the way this, this thing it's, works, nothing else. It's one of those forks in your life, you know, it, it's a huge decision for her. Um, so that's, that was, that's the consensus among fans out here is that if it's not her, it's because it was not something she wanted to, to commit to full time. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, none of us can think of any good reason why she wouldn't want to. <laughs> Um, she is one of the, you know, she's a Sakuragaku member who, you know, said on multiple occasions throughout her time there that she wanted to join the heavy metal music club. You know, this this was kind of a dream thing for her at one point in her life. You know, that's not to say it still is. We don't know. Um, she's also been the only Avenger we've seen for the last three years. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, true. So she's definitely earned it. Um, she definitely fits. I think she's a great fit for the group. I really hope to God it's her. I can't say with a hundred percent certainty, but I think it's ninety five percent. Yeah, and I would I would be fairly happy with that. I think I think you know the it would have been weird had it been immediate, uh, but now yeah. there's enough of a history that I think it, it works exactly. Exactly. Um, SD Metal asked if there's no social media. No, she's not on social media. Um, we had a conversation about oh, does she have an Amuse profile? Because she left Amuse to go do the Korea th or before she went to do the Korea thing, so she wasn't an Amuse artist. Um, and she's not listed as a muse artist currently, but neither are Sue and Moa. Right. They're just, it's just baby metal. So that's not really a good tell whether or not it's her or not either. So, um, right. And also, um, I don't think Riho ever was, was she? No, she was, she no. was never part of a muse at all. Um, I mean, no, right. I, so, so she would, was able to be an Avenger yeah. while not being in a muse. Right. But, right. Which is to say, when you're speculating about who this person could be, I would think a muse would want to sign them. They're not going to let somebody freelance their way into the group officially, right? Yeah, probably at the at that point. There's, yeah. there's going to be paper, there's going to be paperwork and a contract 
Yeah. So, so I brought that up really just to say that you can't take the lack of an amused profile as evidence that it's not her because Sue and Moa don't have them either. <laughs> right. And for right. all we know, she's had one for a couple of years at this point as like the full-time Avenger. We just, there's no way to know. So the other one, that's a wrap. I will definitely be returning in April. Oh, great. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess um, we have kind of hit the the end of the time that we have but um, the things that were announced, just to quickly run them down, um, and maybe we'll talk more about them later. But the uh, there's another concert, Baby Metal Begins, the other one, which is Saturday, April 1st, and Sunday, April 2nd in Yokohama. We've mentioned it before. Yes. But, uh, the, they seem to be naming these after uh, Batman movies. <laughs> now uh, we had uh, Baby Metal Returns and followed by Baby Metal Begins, and I'm hoping the next one after that will be Baby Metal and Robin. But uh, oh, that's where that see. joke was coming from. Okay, it it <laughs> it didn't click when you first talked about it before. I'm like, huh? But ne- okay, all right, cool. Yes, get it. <laughs> A little slow uh, on the uptake. It's all. Uh, but uh, the other the other big thing is that the uh, the one is back. So the other one is over. The one is back. Um, and, you, and you know, so in, in fact, actually, it's possible to buy into it. And they have two uh, shirts as the one items this time. But one thing that is very weird about this. So it's, it's like the one you remember. We'll talk more about it probably in the next episode. But the one thing that's really weird about this is that the the one items are the other one exclusive. So you can't join the one if you weren't already in the other one well i think they, not yet well they yeah not yet they uh, will not they usually did not in not in time for the tickets for the concert no um no so here let, let me explain this because i've done this like a million times already yeah in the last 24 hours what <laughs> if you bought the black box you're eligible for the pre-sale for the the one shirt 2023 which you can buy as of right now if you have a black box code sometime in april the one shirt will release for everybody to buy. So everybody can rejoin the one. Um, it's only releasing now because the show is in April. The lottery is actually already open for super mosh. You need your one code for that, which was digitally distributed for the first time, which plus one. Awesome. I love that. I don't have to scratch a thing off a piece Amen. of plastic anymore to get my code. Amen. Um, so that you can, so that you can enter these lotteries now to enter these lotteries you need to have a Japanese residence and phone number, which isn't going to apply to hardly anybody outside of Japan who can, who can't buy this shirt anyway. <laughs> yeah. So even if you had the shirt, you're not missing anything. You'll have a chance at the foreign application lottery, um, which won't require the shirt that will be coming at a later date. So not, not the fear. You will still be able to join the one. You'll still be able to apply for a ticket for this concert. Um, it's not doom and gloom. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. However, but no matter who you are, uh, like if you happen to be in Japan and could have gone on the you know, the the VIP one um, for the upcoming concert, the black box is sold out. So like you couldn't you couldn't choose to become a member late. Um, it's just like closed to you. But so so that's the that's the thing that's kind of weird is that um, uh, after the after it's too late. Uh, there is actually a real, a real big uh, thing that comes with having had the black box, yeah, particularly if you're in Japan. So surprising, but anyways, anyway. I have, I have a hard stop. I have to take off. I yep. have plans. 
Yep. And I think we probably, yeah. uh, I, I also should probably quit. So let's leave this episode basically with the uh, description of the concert and we'll talk a little more later about the other things, maybe without Kevin. Um, thank you, Kevin, for yes. making this possible to actually talk thank us through so this. Thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, all right. <laughs> Um, so that is it for this episode. Uh, you can join us on the Baby Metal Podcast Discord to continue the conversation. Rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find it, so please do that. We'll be back here in some time. Uh, we hope you'll join us whenever that is. And until then, see, see you. you.